0: Welcome to the U.S. Sports Podcast with me, Max Whittle, a man flu edition of the U.S. Sports Podcast. The NBA Finals is over, lack of sleep, and the resulting illness is in full force. The Golden State Warriors are the NBA champions 4-1 over the Cavs? Trusting the process, that is exactly what the Warriors did with Kevin Durant and co. And we have Joel MB, Mr. Process himself. On the show today, I chatted to Joel in London about his latest injury comeback, that trust the process slogan, and strangely enough, And funny, indeed, Lions. So we'll get to that later. I'm going to give you quick thoughts on the finals as well because Dennis Syatt, who is a regular on this show, he's been at the finals. He was in Cleveland for Game 4 and went back to the Bay for the deciding game. The Warriors took that one, 129-120. Dennis is going to come on later this week. We're going to get really into the finals, break down all the matchups, how the finals was won and lost, and, of course, Cleveland's future... Golden State for the next few seasons. How are the league going to counter this dominance? Cap spikes, payrolls, and the rest. So, Joel Embiid's coming up real quick. Game one. I think we could say pretty safely that Harrison Barnes was taken out of the equation. Kevin Durant came in, and we just saw the difference in this Warriors team. The, the different look. Durant, zero turnovers. He opened the lanes. The Cavs defenders paid far too much attention to him and the shooting of the Golden State Warriors, and they just drove for easy buckets. Durant also meant that LeBron James had to run around guarding the perimeter for the first two games. We saw the Cavs play Richard Jefferson on Durant a lot more. As we went on the series, James guarded Draymond Green a little bit more, trying to get into that free safety spot on defense that he likes so much. The pick and roll changed a little bit as well. Steph Curry, for the most part, did well getting on and off LeBron very quickly. Uh, James and Kyrie Irving figured out too late in this series that they had to attack that pick and roll instantly. For instance, Kyrie Irving, when he got Zaza Pachulia onto him, first two games of the series, surveyed the backcourt far too much, surveyed what was behind Pachulia for far too long, and another screen was set, and the defense could reset. Uh, Durant's addition, along with Iguodala and Green, the athleticism, the length on the back line, really helped the pick and roll. Iguadala had a huge game five. It's great to know that that is your fifth guy in this series. Clay Thompson didn't start the uh, start the series well shooting the ball. He was phenomenal on defense, particularly in the post. A lot of the times in game five, he was matched up against James down low. He held his own, and he's one of the best two players, in, two-way players in the league. He's scoring the ball a lot better in the final two, three games. Even if he doesn't shoot the three well, his defense doesn't lack. It does not go down. He stays focused. He moves his feet. He uses his length as a six-foot-seven shooting guard. He's got the ability to stay with defenders and Kyrie Irving, for as good as he was, and my God, some of those layups he does at the uh, finishes at the rim are insane. I think he's the best finisher we've seen in, in the NBA. Klay Thompson does not let his head go down and he limits Kyrie. He gives, up the good, he gives up those great plays by Kyrie and even if Irving scores 30, 40 points, Klay Thompson has still done his job to an extent. Key phase in game two, I saw it, halfway through the fourth quarter. Kevin Love gets the ball from LeBron James in the post and he's calling for LeBron to get the ball back. Come and get the ball back. He doesn't. Love goes to the post. KD blocks the shot and then he runs up the floor, goes over James and Love for a bucket. That was the exclamation point in that game and and he was the difference here. J.A. Adonde of ESPN made a really interesting point as well on Twitter after the finals was over that the Warriors didn't just add Durant to a 73-win team. They had to because they needed someone who could dominate, not dominate LeBron, but best LeBron in a final series. Steph Curry had his injuries last year, and we do give him a lot. There's a lot of excuse there, but it was genuine. Even when he's healthy, though, the size and the dominance, the athleticism, the all-around ability of LeBron James means that adding Durant was that guy. It was the key addition to going up against him. It meant that they were harder to defend. They had more shooters on the floor. Durant has become one of the better defenders in the league. He's long. He's athletic. He guarded LeBron James with physicality. Aside from Game 4, really got up on him on the perimeter, guarded him high blocked shots, stole the ball and he's become a better passer. He's really fit into the system and Ron Adams has been happy with his defence. Bruce Fraser said this is the tip of the iceberg. You know, we haven't solved everything we want to see in Golden State is what Fraser said, essentially. Kevin Love had a decent series, a lot better than last year. He was he, he he could remain on the floor defensively. He wasn't that bad. But Curry got to the line far too much. Kevin Love certainly doesn't scare Steph Curry one-on-one in that, in that pick and roll. And, and Tristan Thompson just went hiding a bit in this series. You know, last two games he was good, he got 10 rebounds in game four, but he had 11 rebounds in the first three games combined. He didn't bring it. The Kardashian curse, as they say. LeBron James averaged 33.6 points, 12 rebounds and 10 assists. The first player ever to average a triple-double in a final series. And they lost 4-1. There's going to be questions about the Cavs' future. Derren Williams, Carl Korver were supposed to be big additions to this team. A team that beat the Warriors this time last season. They didn't do it. They did not perform at all. Williams was bad in this series. He only scored a couple of baskets. Karl Korver did not hit threes, especially when he had big moments, had wide open threes in game three, and that would have meant a 2-1 series deficit. They could not come through. What does LeBron James do? What does Kevin Love do? I feel like Love is the fool guy in all of this, but he shouldn't be. If you're going to bring in Paul George or Jimmy Butler for Kevin Love, you might have gained those one of those two players, but you've lost an all-star, a legitimate, very good player in this league. It's going to be tough for anyone to get to where the Warriors are. But as I said at the top, we're going to get into this final series a lot more in a couple of days' time with Dennis Syatt. He was at the NBA Finals. I want to ask him which media members he spoke to. Who does he love? Who will he come back thinking, man, I'm going to read that guy's work for the foreseeable future because he was genuinely nice to me. Uh, Those finals series, the playoffs in general, if you get to the US, it's a great networking opportunity. But my guest today, very special guest, I'm really excited to have him on my podcast, the US Sports Podcast. Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. Enjoy this one. Here with Joel Embiid, also known as Joel the Process Embiid. Can I just hear you say those three words, please? (laughs) Hey, I'm Joel
1: the Process Embiid. Is that your English accent? It's very good. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, I don't have an accent. I have an African
0: accent. Do Philly fans still believe, trust the process, or is it more of a brand tool now?
1: Uh, I think that do trust the process. I think in Philly, everybody heavily trust it. And, you know, uh, this year was just the start of it, you know, uh, um... Unfortunately, I only played 31 games, but uh, with the way I played, I think some people are heavily uh, trusted. And, you know, we got some more talent coming in this year, uh, next season, and hopefully sign a few free agents. And I think the goal next year will be uh, be in the playoffs.
0: It's hard to miss you on social media. I saw you on a park in Philly the other day with you swatted a small kids shot away. Is that part of the off season workout uh
1: no nah, i was just I was just driving by uh i was uh one of my friends was in town and he was uh he wanted to get a cheesesteak and he got a cheesesteak and I saw kids playing uh I love basketball uh if I see a ball i I just want to shoot it and i I saw them shoot, and I thought it would be nice to like just go play against them because, as a kid, having this type of memory, like, he's gonna last forever. And I just went and like played one on one with a couple of them, one after the other. And I think they enjoyed, it. and personally, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's fun, and I look
0: forward to doing, like more stuff like that. Yeah, there was a bunch of kids on the sidelines as well. What sort of things did they say to you?
1: Uh no they were no one talking trash a little bit. <laughs> uh, but the main thing they were saying, just like the first question you asked me was Do Philly fans trust the passes? As soon as they see me they saw me, they were like, Oh my god, I trust the passes so much and like on the sideline they were just like trust the passes, so it was fun.
0: If the Sixers had a game tonight, could you play?
1: Um uh, think I could but the decision is not on me so uh, I'm supposed to see the doctor next week to be clear to be get back on the court and start doing uh, everything possible uh, but so far I've been able to do everything but jump so but next week supposed to do the scan and like everything should look good because I've been feeling well and I if that uh, I'm going to be back on the court
0: now, I know a lot of people always talk about injuries, right? But those first two seasons you had in the NBA, did you ever think about quitting? I know that's a strong word.
1: Um, Yes, I definitely thought about quitting. I w- wanted to quit uh, after missing. When I learned that I, I was going to miss my second year and then my brother passed away too. I just wanted to like give everything up and go back home and like just live my life and or whatever. But uh, it was tough couldn't play basketball and my brother died being away being so far away from home uh, didn't help either and uh, I was going through a lot and I really thought about quitting but I'm glad uh, I didn't do it didn't make that decision and I love basketball too much to quit so I wouldn't have done it but I thought about it you know when you're going through stuff everybody has that. you just think about stuff you don't want to think about and uh, that happened but I'm glad I'm here now, uh, just enjoying life and having fun everywhere. Social media on the basketball court and just enjoying life.
0: You mentioned the surgery and your brother Brett Brown. What kind of role did he play when that when that all happened? It, was it was it, it it evolved from just being a coach, right?
1: Yeah, he's he's more than a coach, and um, at that time, especially when my brother died, there was three people that really helped me uh, uh, actually four uh, there was Coach Brown, uh the GM Sam Hinky uh, Logan Balmuthi and then uh, this woman called uh, named Jenny and her husband they were really there for me uh, and they stayed there so them uh, they mean a lot to me um, Coach Bar means a lot to me because he's more than a coach like he really cares about you personally more than basketball, and obviously on the basketball side, it's going to help you a lot
0: too. Can you teach your style? What you mean? Can you teach the way you play basketball? Well,
1: um, you know, I said that before, I want to be a complete player. I want to be a point guard someday. So, uh, I mean, the way I play, uh, I really care about defence. So uh, my goal going into next year is definitely win defensive player of the year. Uh, but the way I play, just shoot threes, shoot from the mid range, post up, handle the ball, uh, sometimes bring it up. So I do a little bit of everything, and uh, I'm not good yet. I still need to like um, perfect, perfect everything, and get to the level level where I want to be.
0: And obviously, there are tall shooters in the NBA: Dirk Nowitzki, Anthony Davis can shoot the three now. You're Marc Gasol, but for you, you just said that you'll shoot the mid range, the three, anything. Why do a lot of American players and systems say to the big guy, no, wait, you're going to be down low? I know the game is evolving now, but there was never a doubt. You were going to shoot wherever, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I was in college, uh, I was allowed to shoot, but uh, the typical the typical big man is he's got to stay on the block and post up or rebound the ball. But nowadays, uh, we got so much freedom to, like, Evolve our game, and uh, that's the way the game is going. Big guy, every big guy should threes now. And uh, so, like, that's just the way the game going. You just got to adapt uh, because if, you're, if you don't adapt, you're going to stay behind. And I think this year was a big change for the NBA because that's when – this year big men really showed that they can, they could do everything like guys like Demarcus uh, Anthony Davis being able to shoot the ball put on the floor like playing like guards like uh, I think I did the same too so that's the way the game goes now and you just gotta adapt
0: You're playing volleyball at 15 years of age Luke Mbamute you mentioned him already he discovers you at a basketball camp what did he say to you or did he just go back and say hey guys we've got a player here
1: uh, I think uh, he he had a camp and I think I missed the first he has he had uh pre selections and uh that's when I s I started playing I started playing basketball like two or three months before that and uh I wasn't good at all so I missed the first day uh of pre selection because I was like there's no reason to go. I'm not gonna be chosen now. Like, that's not going to help me at all. So I missed it on purpose. And then the second day, I was forced to go. And then as soon as I got there, uh, one of his guys immediately asked me if I had a passport. Like, after, I guess he had heard of me, but like just see me in person and see how tall I was. And I used to be really skinny back then. Uh, he asked me if I had a passport. then. I mean, growing up, I, was, I traveled to France, and so I had a passport and everything. Uh, so I said, yeah. And then I guess he saw me play. Uh, I don't think I did good, but um, I guess he was impressed. chose me, picked me for his camp. Uh, going into his camp, I think I did okay, and he still picked me for his All-Star game. And I actually played well in the All-Star game, and I was one of the five that got chosen to go to Basketball Without Borders in South Africa, and I actually I thought I did pretty well over there, and from there he just, I, he just got me a scholarship to go to Monvett Academy.
0: So when you got to the US in 2011, there was an Instagram post, right, and I just saw the hashtags today, no hairline, I was about 150 pounds, basketball was my worst nightmare because I sucked. Do you really think you were that bad?
1: Uh, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought, I mean, I was playing against the guys at Montverte Academy and that year we were the best team in, the, uh, <coughs> in high school and we had like, uh, three guys that were supposed, that were like top 10 in the country. So we were really good. I mean, that year I played JV, but, uh, I played, uh, practice with like a senior team and, uh, I was getting pushed all over the place, um. Uh, I was fighting every day. Uh, I couldn't catch the ball. Couldn't shoot. <clears throat> so it was tough, and my teammates were making fun of me. So that's why I said I suck.
0: <coughs> I heard you tell a story about a lion. Can you please tell us the story? Oh, uh, <laughs> when I was.
1: Uh <laughs> it's worth it. Oh, uh, what I mean. You know, um, when you get to the state, American Americans, they don't really know anything about Africans. They just think we're just from the jungle. We just like, grew up like hunting lions and killing lions or like just living in the jungle. So when I got to Kansas, I mean, uh play with it a little bit. And I told everybody that uh, when I was about six years old, uh, went to the jungle with a spear and uh, found a lion I threw the spear and uh, got to the lion he fell asleep and I killed him and at six years old uh, I carried the lion on my back brought it back to my village and uh, just like that was a way for me to like show that my, my family that I was a man so I became a man at six years old and uh, that's what I told that's man just that's what I told them that's the story
0: that's why they drafted you because you're good enough and strong enough to kill a lion <laughs>
1: yeah I man, you got you got a strength uh, although uh, when I got drafted I was still skinny uh, I gained so much uh, muscle mass since I got drafted but I was still skinny but they, I, th- I guess they could see that African strength
0: are there stereotypes though that American players have about African players specifically
1: um I
0: mean beside
1: uh I mean there's a lot of them I can't really think of uh of of them, but um the part about uh Americans thinking that uh in Africa we don't have anything or we don't come from nothing or we come from the, we live in the jungle um uh, i mean there's a, there's a lot of stuff I just can't think about it right now.
0: What do you envision a Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid pick-and-roll looking like? Uh, I envision it
1: uh, looking uh, to, finish, to be finished by an alley-oop or uh, if they're switching, uh, you can take the five up, uh, up the dribble or I can post up. So it's going to be fun running the pick-and-roll with
0: them. Not a lot of people know that you have quite a good relationship with Tim Duncan, obviously retired now, legend of the game. What do you remember from the first meeting you had with him?
1: Uh, My first meeting I had with Tim Duncan was my first year in the league. We played San Antonio in San Antonio. Um, And then Coach Bond obviously, was with the Spurs for a long time. So he set up a visit for me to, like, just talk to him and just, like, ask him my ideas and, like, what I should do. So after the game, I talked to him for about... um, Close to now, and uh, I had I I wouldn't stop either because I only had to stop because the team the team bus was leaving and I had to go with the team. But it was a fun conversation. I still got the notes on my phone, like everything we talked about, like what I should do. And from that day, everything he told me, I just kept I just walked on it, and obviously paid off this year
0: social media it's your friend what's your favourite post of all time
1: oh man I have a lot of crazy posts (laughs) I'm a little bit too crazy on social media I don't think I have a favourite one but uh, there's a few ones that uh, that are maybe over the line that I just (laughs) but I I mean I love having fun on social media Uh, just like that's a way for me to connect with fans uh, across the world and uh i enjoyed that i mean that's how i get paid because those fans that spend money on tickets and um they always support us so you gotta like be make sure you connect with them and like just and like, social media is a form of it
0: can i tell you mine donald trump when he won the election and you said america's tanking very good sorry we know your political views now joel um <laughs> you <trust> <laughs> You were also a model the other day. Have you ever worn makeup before? Um, I think, yeah, I have. I was shooting a commercial with Adidas,
1: uh, and then the lady asked me, I was like, nah, I don't like, I mean, makeup, I feel like makeup is for women. Uh, But she said just a little bit, and she just put a little bit, but it felt weird, but, I mean, it was for a commercial. I had to look good.
0: Last couple before we're done. Um, I'm ruling out, trust the process. If you and Sam Hinckley could star in a sitcom, what would you call it?
1: <laughs> I don't know. The Lion King? Oh no, <laughs> the Lion King is taken. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Can't think of a name. Can't think of a name.
0: They're gonna make it. The The NBA Finals is here. What's the most important matchup for you in this series? Uh, I
1: think is uh, <clears throat> I think is basically uh, I think what everybody wants to see is basically KD against LeBron. So I think he'd be a fun matchup against uh, two of the best players in the league. Them going at them, but I think the X factor is uh, uh, Clay and Steph. Uh, if those guys are making shots, I think he's gonna be. Um, uh, go to Segadi but uh, KD is gonna be KD. KD is gonna score the ball, um, so I think he's on the whole the whole team, and especially the second unit to come in and like uh, making sure they keep the same level of intensity.
0: You played Cleveland a couple times this season. Do you think Tristan Thompson has developed into one of the better role players in the league?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean he does his job really well, like. And he knows his role, and that's that's a that's something uh, a lot of guys like stay in the league, and that's coming from me. I've only been in the league for three years, and I'm really young, but <coughs> I'm only saying that because uh, I think in the league uh, when you're not as good as those guys, you gotta know your role. And <coughs> Tristan Thompson knows it. He knows that he got to rebound the ball, uh, offensive rebound the ball, and set screens and get guys open and uh, for a team for, to
0: like, be that good and for every NBA team you need that guy Last one Whose process do you trust more Golden State or Cleveland? <laughs> um,
1: I'm not going to answer that question <laughs> I trust my process
0: <laughs> There you have it the NBA season is over Joel Embiid special guest on the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle Thank you for his time. Very grateful. If you'd like to get any questions to me, I'm on Twitter at Max underscore We're going to get into the NBA Finals, get analytical, look at the matchups, break it down and look ahead to this summer. NBA is gone, but we're going to bring Dennis Sight on to do all of that. MLB is going to take center stage next week. got a special guest, a former major leaguer is going to be coming onto this program. But in the meantime, if you like what you've heard, please go on to iTunes, the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle. Subscribe, download, please rate and review the podcast as well. I usually say at this point, enjoy the games. Hockey's done. The Penguins are the Stanley Cup champions. The Warriors are the NBA champions. The NFL, long time since we had a game in that. So it's baseball. Baseball is going to take center stage next week. Special guests coming up. But thank you to Joel MB today. And thanks for listening. I'll speak to you soon.